Hello everyone, Marcus here, and welcome to another episode of our podcast with Growth Mentor. Today I had the pleasure to talk to JP Besson. JP is the CEO of Geonode, but he has a huge history of creating products and startups, and this conversation was just stellar. It's full of little tips and tricks and a lot of good advice that you are going to love. So I'm not going to talk too much about um, the conversation. I'm just going to let you listen to it. So just go ahead and enjoy. Welcome back. All right, cool. So we sort of um, literally on air. So how you doing, brother? All right. How's I'm doing, life? I'm doing well. Thanks um, for uh, reaching out. Well, thank you for coming because I really wanted to talk. Uh, first of all, um, we, we did talk a little bit before uh, start recording. And I'm very impressed, man. You're doing tons of things. And a lot of these things, are they require a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money. Uh, so, But before we get into all of the struggles as a founder, um, just tell me a little bit more. You, I know you're uh, leading GNO right now plus other projects, but uh, I want to hear from you. So just tell me what's JP on these days. Sure. Um, yeah, so I mean, the, the we do a lot and it's not by design. It's a bit happenstance that this happens. Um, but now, I mean, we're, we're definitely focused on Geonode. And that's what we see as uh, definitely our growth uh, and for, for the foreseeable future. So I had to wind down other projects uh, that were actually profitable but, or, or like some that were on the way to, be, to, to becoming profitable. But it's just, uh, you know. I feel like uh, every time I've I've tried to achieve too many things at the same time, it's like chasing a bunch of rabbits. You don't catch any. I know the feeling. So, so, so that's what's happening now. When when did you start founding, um, like your founding adventure? Right. When when was the first time uh, you decided? Well, I'm going to create my own company. Uh, I'm I'm way I'm pre like internet. Um, I mean pre pre digital nomading. Uh, not not pre-internet, but um, I started when I was 16. I'm I'm also 40, by the way. So right. so I've been around the block a couple of times. It's a cool age. It's uh, a cool age. 16 was not an internet business. It was a landscaping business, and that's a fancy name to say that we were cutting grass uh, in in in, in Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, so exactly. It was called Shortcut Services. Your lawn's best friend, student owned and operated. And uh, we would put ads in classified sites and say that we handle any kinds of jobs, any kinds of odd jobs, et cetera. And people would call us and just say, hey, do you guys do this? Like uh, eaves droughts or, or like cleaning, uh, which is basically cleaning the gutters. Um, being French Canadian, these are names, that, like words that I had never learned. So people would call and say, do you do this? We say, yeah, yeah, we do this. Say, okay, um, can you come for a quote? Then what we would do, we would call competitors see how much they, they charge, et cetera. And then we were just always undercut. Um, and that was, that was the time that it was all over the phone. It was not like, let me Google it. It was, it was classified ads called the penny saver. Um, we put ads in the penny saver and, and we would get a bunch of calls because of that because people wanted to support students. Uh, so I ended up hiring a bunch of my friends, buying some machinery. I did that three summers in a row uh, through the beginning of university. And that was, yeah, that was the start. What, what was your first um, sort of digital uh, venture? Like, what was the sort of like when you, yeah, that moment where you say, like, well, I want to create an app or, or a, a solution or software when that came up? Yeah. So, so the first one was uh, I started, um, and, well, so, so I, 
I started selling uh, beach style jewelry. I don't know if you remember, there was a time where like these coconut earrings were really popular. Yep, I do remember. And uh, these like shells and et cetera. So I went on an exchange to in Thailand and I supported myself for a year there and I was dead broke coming back. But I the idea of going back to Ottawa, doing a normal job was was horrific to me uh, for the summer. So I, I, I said to a friend of mine, if you send me some money, we'll buy. I'll buy a huge amount of this because that's where they make it in Thailand, and and we ended up uh, setting up some kiosks <clears throat> in the in the, the 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 markets and everything. And at the end of that summer, I, I there was a guy that had a kiosk next to mine because we were doing a shopping mall at the time, and he was selling uh, teeth whitening products, which were basically like a, a mouthpiece that you would. But this is pre Crest white strips. Any yep, of yep. any of that. So I said, wow, and, and his kiosk was so busy and I, I wanted to be in business with that guy. He was just like a bit older, maybe like 15 years older. It looked like he had his, you know, everything figured out basically. And and I ended up uh, taking his business online. It was called You Smile. Um, but I also, I also did it in shopping malls for a while. I ended up becoming 50-50 uh, partners with them. Oh, wow. So that, that was like my first touch of the internet. And um in shopping malls and didn't work that well because uh, we were underfunding it. And if you're, you're trying to sell something that people put in their mouth, one, you need to be able to demo if you're selling in shopping malls. Um, and we couldn't demo. And second, uh, yeah, we, we ran like promotions like have a white Christmas for Christmas and stuff like this. You see, um, I love when the, the whole marketing vibes start coming in. It's like, all right, we need to figure out fun ways to sell this. Yeah, exactly. No, no. I mean, this is, I live and breathe that stuff. Um, but, but I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of failures along the way that that was one of them. Um, you know, it had some lift, but not the lift I wanted. After that, I started this, um, this, this little product called Orthofill. And basically I saw that, um, there was, there was some websites that were selling these like elastic to, um, to close people's teeth gaps, basically. Okay. And, uh, I started that But instead of making it like a really crappy brand, I, I, I give it like a proper brand, et cetera. I ended up, um, we were selling for like $35 with shipping. And I, I was selling about 20 of them per day. So that was like, and it was basically all profit. So I was like, you know, 20, early 20s, making like five to $700 profit per day. And just like no overhead Like, and I, I was basically, I decided to go backpack through South America because it was the dead of winter in Canada. And it just sounded like a, a better, better way to spend That my definitely time. definitely sound better than winter in Canada for sure. Yeah. So this was like pre four hour work week and stuff like this. So I ran, when I read the, the four hour work week, I was like, wow, there's other people out there that do this. It's amazing. I love it. Um, I, I, eventually I need to figure that out. I read, I read it a couple of times, uh, to be honest, but I still not organize myself enough to follow the rules uh yeah i mean rules rules are meant to be broken exactly so yeah. let me let me bring yeah. you bring it back to sort of um nowadays because i'm uh i heard from our head of growth it was like look you need to talk to jp like he's he's a cool dude like he's doing tons of stuff and and he's becoming to a mentor for for some things so before i talk about the relationship that eventually you created with growth mentor um sure. when when you become a founder right like you you and, and I, it happened to me before too You want to know everything. You want to show your team or you want to show that you know the path. Because after all, it's, it's, your role is, well, I'm the captain. I'm just going to guide the ship. You, everybody has different roles, but, but you're guiding the ship. 
But eventually you sure. do find these little moments that you sort of get lost or you need the extra help. So how, how as a founder, like how was your sort of encounter with failure and with saying to yourself, like, look, I cannot figure this out myself. Uh, I need help. Like how, how, the, how do you manage to face that moment? I mean, okay. Um, there's so many micro decisions that you need to make uh, while you're growing a business from inception uh, all the way through scaling up um, and, and beyond. Um, so, so they're not like, uh, you know, they're not like um, real bottlenecks that generally like prevent ev prevent everything from, from working. They're usually things that hinder um, the optimized way that you could be running things. So, so, so there are all these micro things that, and you don't know what you don't know. Um, and especially with things moving so quickly, um, you know, I, and, and I, you know, I, I'm connected with a lot of people already on LinkedIn, et cetera. So I see, you know, things about rev ops and things. It's like, they're all like hold fields that, that, that take care of revenue operations, how you should optimize these things. You know, I didn't even know that rev ops was, was a thing. Was a thing yeah. Um, Yeah, so so it's all these all these things that you you hear this and it kind of sounds like if you're a founder you should know everything, but but you don't. So and then you're like, well, maybe I should know this, know that. Um, so yeah, so 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 you don't know what these potential levers of growth are. Um, so yeah, so so how I deal with it usually I have a you know I have some some friends um, that are also founders, so we talk a lot. Uh, but now for the last four years I've been in Portugal. And as you can see, maybe from the background, I'm in the middle of an orange plantation in the middle of Portugal. So the amount of um, internet or tech entrepreneurs that I um, speak to on a day-to-day -day is 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 uh, extremely limited. So so that's where Growth Mentor actually came into play. Um, I found it because I have a friend that wanted to build it for the Shopify space, and he's like, "I'm trying to build something like Growth Mentor," and then. Um, And then, and then I went to see Growth Mentor and, you know, it was, I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I signed up and it just basically ticked all the boxes. Actually, like a, not, not a commercial plug for Growth Mentor. I know it's for the podcast, but um, it's a lot of value for, uh, for like, because a lot of the decisions that I've made or se several of the decisions that I've, I've made as of late, including um, focusing fully on GeoNote comes from some of these conversations that I've had on there. So, 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 it, you know, if, if you use it properly, um, yeah, cause, cause a lot of these conversations I go in, potentially it's not, um, for things that I'm stuck on, but sometimes it's, you know, I want to talk to other entrepreneurs that have been around the block or have done B2B, which GeoNode is where I've mostly done B2C. And I'm like, what, what am I missing here? Like what, what, what is it that I'm not doing on my day to day that I should be doing? There's something um, like a, a little bit of comparing notes. It's like, so it's completely I'll show comparing you mine, notes. You show me yours. It's exactly comparing notes. Um, you know, cause, cause I've done business so many times I've raised money for a previous startup while I was in the Philippines. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not like, uh, asking these, um, I guess questions that are really, uh, like beginner level, I guess, or, um, so, so there's, so I also like these mentors like to engage on, on, uh, more complex, uh, problems. So, so it's also quite engaging both ways, I think. 
Because uh, at least in my experience, I remember also, I mean, I, I'm, I'm part of the mentors too, and um, calls that I will have with, I will have no answer. It was like, look, this is my plan. I have a marketing strategy to go this way and that way. And like, what do you think? Like, well, to be honest, test it. I like, I don't know. Like, it sounds great. But what, what can I say? Obviously, if you see something that is extremely wrong, you might be like, well, no, no, don't do that. Right. But but otherwise, sure. it's, it's, it's great to get to sit down and like, right, well, oh, that's what you're doing? Okay, because this is what I will do. I'm not telling you to do this, but maybe focus on, on this. So I think the values in, in that conversation, right? You're talking to people one-on-one, people like you. Mm -hmm. And that's mentorship. I mean, mentorship is not, um, you're not looking for a boss or a manager to tell you what to do. A mentor points you in a direction that you might have not thought about doesn't tell you to go there um so yeah so so i i also i like that type of relationship with people because it's like talking to friends but that friend just happens to be an expert at x that you're actually struggling with so so how do you tackle because i'm you told me some of your companies uh i mean you had what like 70 people or or more and eventually in, in some of them but how do you try to include mentorship into what you do with them i was like how how not just yourself like how do you sort of embrace mentorship into the company culture if you do that yeah i've uh i've tried to do it uh with mixed results because i've i bought a team account and then it's kind of like you can bring a horse to water but you can't make it drink um so for me i've completely integrated like um doing the the mentorship calls within my 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 normal work week Um, I, there's not one call that I've had where I've, I'm like, oh, that was wasted. That was time wasted. Um, because I, because I, you know, I'll know what the person is an expert at and definitely they'll know something that I don't. Um, so I see always value in doing it. Whereas some people, they might think that, you know, it's time that they could be spending working, um, where, you know, I'm, you know, it's kind of like the analogy of like you spend nine, if you had like a, an hour to, to chop down a tree, spend 90% of it sharpening the axe. Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of like sharpening the axe in my perspective, but yeah, to, to convey that properly to people, because it's, it's kind of a new habit that you're trying to form, yeah. um, to have this like openness, transparency, uh, to basically just open up the kimono and say, Hey, this is, this is it. I'm very transparent in all the calls. I'm with revenue numbers, everything, everything. I, I, So well, hard. You're to talking to peers, right? That, that's a, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's I have nothing. Exactly. Now, um, as I found, you you found a bunch of things. Well, I know about you. I know that we talked about truly before. Um, what is the main thing that you you feel not only in yourself, but I mean, you talk to a bunch of founders. You related with a lot of other founders too. What do you sure. think is the main thing that founders struggle with in the beginning? I. It, usually they have a, a a solution looking for a problem so so people fall in love with their solution and they don't do enough work um identifying where the real problem is so validating validation should be a step that is never overlooked and you can't spend too much time on it um so that one is one that um yeah people really fall in love with with uh whichever solution it might be. And they say, you know, I have this great idea. It's not like I want to fix this problem. 
And most of the times the startups that, that, you know, identify the problem, say there's, it's, it's, it's a problem and it's not being served probably. It's not getting fixed by anybody in the right way, or it's an emerging problem because of, you know, intersection of technologies that, that, you know, are combining to create new problems that, that people are facing and then um, they're not getting served properly anyway. So, so yeah, so I think that's, that's the main at the beginning. When, when you move on, obviously, forward, you're like, you, you create something, you create your brand, you create your company, you have this, let's say you have the right solution, right? Uh, but sometimes the money is not there. How do you usually take the approach into, uh, with investors, for example? Like, if you, if you want to go and raise money, what, what are the sort of the tips or the tricks that you've been learning into, like, this is what they want to hear? Or do you do research before? Who are they? Like, uh, you adapt your pitch into what they want to hear like what what are the ways that you found that they work great or at least well <laughs> at least to get something uh yeah. to, when talking to investors sure um i, I mean i, I want to not talk to investors anymore um <laughs> so so like I'm, i'm bootstrapping everything now and i've i've made money exiting my previous startup and stuff so um i have uh raised money in the past um from from different venture capital firms um i think i think it's it depends at the stage of, of the company um and the more if if you're if you're working on something that's actually um uh, getting stronger by the day and you're going to reach some form of product market fit potentially profitability with the cash that you have you have to defer um raising money as as as, as much as possible because you're you're differentiating yourselves um in in such uh big incremental ways with some of these milestones that might be a couple of months away um so 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 in terms of like perspective of when to raise money i would i would really be critical with that in terms of what people want to hear um you know i mean it's 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 basically like size of market size of the opportunity Um, are you the right team to actually execute on this vision? How clear is the vision? Um, how, how well, kind of like how well structured the founding team is by what I mean by this is, is there a technical co-founder? If it's a technical problem that you're trying to solve, no technical co-founder, then you might be rotating through like elite developers a little bit too much because there's not going to be that buy-in, et cetera. And, Um, sometimes they go and get stuff in a startup. Um, so, so yeah. Um, then afterwards is, um, you know, there's different investors that are focused on different, um, obviously stages, but also different, uh, industries. So it's just to try to do your, the groundwork of identifying that match. Yeah. And so I, I, I really want to, truly want to know more about geonote because um i checked the website before our talk because I, i know about i knew about truly like i told you i checked the website and and like you said is it this is a b2b initiative right like what's geonote really focusing on yeah sure um so so geonote came to be because of truly so truly uh was my big vision which i wanted to create this um um this this fair Uh, review platform where we would analyze reviews from everywhere on the internet for products, uh, pass it through sentiment analysis, algos, and then actually rank products based on what people love the most, uh, surface fake reviews so that we could take those out of the equation, and then with other algos show the pros and cons 
take out the features so that we could do a lot of analysis using AI um, that would save people a lot of time. The vision was very valid, but um, to do this and to get all these reviews, et cetera, we had to build a lot of scraping technology and we were spending a lot of money on proxies and stuff. And it got me curious about like, you know, what, what is this industry? And then we decided to start building our own um, in, internally and we turned that into a brand um, just, just actually, it was a little bit opportunistic because we saw that the market was growing really quickly, et cetera. And I looked at the competitors, one, the pricing was really expensive and two, um, two, basically it was, it was badly served from, from like a user experience perspective. It's like an industry that's really like, uh, like the rails, like, uh, you know, behind the scenes, yep, yep. a lot of people build price comparison, uh, data analytics, SEO technology, everything on top of proxies, data collection, et cetera. Uh, so I saw that there was a big angle to play there with, with doing something that's a lot more user-friendly, uh, a lot more marketing-oriented, et cetera, which I found that the companies were failing at that. So, so And then what happened is uh, Geonode started making a lot more money than Truly, like uh, a lot more and a lot quicker <laughs> and a lot more easily. Um, truly was, you know, it's, it, it was like a, an uphill battle from the onset. Um, you know, so, so, so at one point, you know, people were trying to speak, uh, reason into me cause, um, you know, my, my, my wife was telling me that I should, uh, jump over and focus, but you know, um, they do that a lot. They, they, my wives, they're always yeah. trying to keep you. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, so, so, so that was kind of like, I came to my senses Because so so we launched so so for Geonode to source the proxies ethically, uh, we launched an app called Repocket, and we have over 150,000 install well signups. Um, so so with this app, basically, it's an app that you can install on your phone or your computer, whatever, and we will buy back the unused bandwidth from your plan. So let's say you you have like a uh, hundred gigabytes or 200 gigabytes in your in your home internet plan or unlimited. Um, you know, if you want to subsidize the cost of actually having your internet connection, we buy back uh, the the uh, unused oh, bandwidth. Yeah, hence, yeah. hence the word the the name Repocket. And I went to Web Summit, which is a, a conference uh, last November, and I, I was, saw an. I was app there. I was there. Like, really? I, I, if, if I would have known you before, man. Cool, man. <laughs> it was good. Maybe would have went for a beer. Um, <laughs> anyway, so. So I saw this app called uh, Pinion App. It's an app in Brazil. And what they do is they do a lot of, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an app for micro tasks, but micro tasks in the real world. So, so basically they'll do, they have millions of users in Brazil and sometimes the government will pay them to do beach cleanup. So, so the idea is like, okay, if you're geographically close to this beach, Uh, you might make a couple of dollars or whichever is the amount that, that will get somebody motivated enough to go to the beach and do some cleanup. And then you need to you know, unlock the challenge by your GPS on your phone, etc. A bit like Pokemon, like these yeah. like... Um... That's what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Like you're looking exactly. for the task with the, with the phone. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then you need to validate you, uh, taking a picture uh, of the traps that you'll have uh, taken, etc. So there's a whole validation process. So this just basically opened my mind that Repocket could become really an app 
for people to earn money in many, many, many different ways. It's just like an app that you can make money passively in your pocket at whichever point. There's like micro-tasking for, uh, for, for everything, but like Fiverr, for instance, you need to apply, you need to market yourself, etc. But there's a lot of companies that are willing to say, hey, I need a thousand people to do this. For instance, Uber in Brazil, they, they use this app to do price comparison with between Uber and Lyft. So they'll say, they'll say, you know, open the app at a certain time for Uber and for Lyft, take a screenshot, upload it, and that's their task. We'll pay you for that. Uber, what they do, obviously, is they do they do price matching analysis or the, um, sure. and basically it's kind of the only way they can do this. Or else they would have to, to infringe on a lot of terms and services, which, you know, like creating a bunch of users. <laughs> Yeah, buying exactly. tons of phones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so there's there's uh the the use cases are endless, and you know, and we were getting signups with very little marketing on Repocket, and here I was struggling with Truly, and it just was not lifting. And I started uh, on Growth Mentor just because I was knocking my head against uh against the wall, and I just couldn't figure it out. Uh, my ego was taking a shot for sure. And and that's why that's what turned me to this. But then, uh, yeah, yeah. So so that's what that's basically the story, and that's why that's the focus. And now we're rebranding. Um, I mean, we're we're changing the design of of Repocket. It's going to be really uh, cool, more fun, and uh, yeah, we have big prospects for that. That's so cool, we've man. separated the two slacks for the two companies to. Again, I'm all about focus now. So it sounds because because you're presenting it like I'm. I'm, I, lower the I, I do have a lot of ideas in business, but but focus is key. But that's cool. That's cool. Like I'm really like I mean these, and and what it really caught my attention is like when when you were talking about Geo, I was like, yeah, the solution existed. You just added the element of like, well, if we do better marketing and better, basically better experience, you'll take the you'll take the market, and potentially. Um, so 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 we have one USP, which is we're la we've launched an unlimited data. Uh, so, so basically it's like, it's like the, the whole industry was, um, like the cell phone and the internet plans of before where you buy a certain amount of gigabytes and that's what you have. And then people came out with unlimited plans, which for 98% of users is unlimited. But then for that extra 2%, there's like a fair use policy if you're torrenting 24 seven. Um, yeah. So, so we basically did the same, which this is innovative within that. And that's what gives us all, all the growth that we've had uh, as of late because people, you know, there, there's a lot of things you have to do traffic modeling. You have to see uh, fair use policy where you should put your threshold. Plus you have to have access to very cheap bandwidth, which um, because of Repocket we do. So there's a lot of things that had to come together for us to be able to do this. Um, now we're, we're going to focus a lot on that, but, but um Yeah, I agree with with better UX in the many industries, um, better UI, and a big focus on conversion. If you have a lot of new users coming to the market, they'll choose you because they don't have many points of reference. And if you're giving all the right signals, you look like the company to deal with. In proxies, it's not exactly the case because um, it's kind of like this kind of service that sits in the back. Um, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And you build your infrastructure on top. Like uh, like the electricity company that you deal with or any of these. So, you know, for you to change electricity companies, um, a company would have to come and give you something substantially yeah. differentiated or better to justify. Uh, so, so that's what, you know, that's, that's the struggle. That's why we have like a, 
my business partner is like full-time on sales, uh, built a, a sales team. We're scaling that. We're going to work with these kind of agencies that we pay per meeting that they set with decision makers like CTOs of big companies, et cetera. So, so anyway, so there's a huge sales component to it. Yeah, the thing you're right, because I, I remember this is back in 2001. I was backpacking in New Zealand. And I get a job uh, trying to get companies to switch from one electricity company from the other one. And people was like, why? Why should I? So it's like, it's, it's quite a struggle. I mean, it's, it's, people get too comfortable. So you really have to make yes. a difference. And I think, yeah, definitely. I mean, unlimited, even if it's not unlimited per se, right? Like, I don't think how many people really use the full limit of it. Um, like, I don't do it in the phone. But just, just the little language and the little twitches like that. And like, this is my offering. It changes, I guess, a lot of things. Because you don't want limitations in general. Like, even if, like, you're not, your consumption is not going to change, the fact that it's not, it's a worry that you don't have to have. Like, it's it's like, okay, so bandwidth is not something, like, all of the problems that you have to solve in your life, bandwidth just is not one of them anymore. Um, so it feels like a solved problem. Yeah, that's and true. And that's, that's why it's it's more attractive. So, um. JP, like this conversation has been amazing, man. Um, but I want to sort of close it with, um, with I always ask, uh, I always have this episode too, man, but still, <laughs> I'm going to make it my thing, right? So uh, what cool. will you say to the founder that is struggling there with problems here and there? Like how, what will be the best way? And I'm not trying to plug growth mentor him, but what will be the best way to look for help, to ask the right questions and to go to the right people? Like what would you recommend? Uh, you're not alone. One, two, I, I think there's a wealth of knowledge in chat GPT that is not used for help. So I actually use chat GPT now as an extension of my mind, even um, I, I like I gave it like our full business scenario and I start asking away at it. And then I just keep going down the same thread and the insights that come out of it and it just unlocks some some pearls of ideas and then i ask it like what are non-obvious ideas that this how could we be different and then it actually is pretty good at coming up with very creative things um it's just crazy the amount of knowledge that that it was fed so so i think i think all of us are not even yet understanding how powerful it is I mean, so that's it's, one it's the um, mind i guess eventually. crazy man it's crazy it's 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 phew. Anyways, um, that growth mentor for sure. I mean, as, or, or any mentorship um, and find mentors. Uh, growth mentor is a cool platform because, I mean, it's amazing that a lot of people are willing to, to do it for free. I mean, you pay for, uh, you know, whatever the price is per month, which is negligible compared to the amount of free calls, et cetera, and the insights that come out of that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, one, you're not alone. Two, um, don't make like calls with growth mentor or any of the learnings online or anything like this, an excuse for not taking action. Um, cause, cause you can like, cause, cause like watching and watching motivational videos or watching entrepreneur, whatever podcast or listening to podcasts, it all feels potentially like work, but it's not work. Um, you should be plugging away at your startup, uh, as, hard and as as uh, often and as long as possible um and that's real work real work will feel like work at the beginning don't don't 
don't like uh, like if it's uh, if you love it, you know, it's never gonna feel like work a day in your life and all that stuff. I don't, I don't buy this. I mean, but, but you start to enjoy the struggle. Um, and, and it's, it, you know, and, but yeah, I mean, if it's your first time being an entrepreneur, it's not, it, it's not made to be easy. Like if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. So if it's hard, potentially you're doing something it's right. Something right. Exactly. Too easy. If it's too easy, there's no value that you're creating. Um, so yeah, if for, for these, for, for those of you who are listening to this, um, Thank you, first of all, and and second of all, um, yeah, I mean, reach out to me. My, uh, I've been around the block, and um, yeah, I'd be willing to, to to help as well. I really, I really want to stay with that last phrase, man. Like, if if it's if it's too easy, it's probably not worth it. <laughs> it's probably not worth it. Like this whole idea, like that's why I'm I'm not a real believer in in crypto as an investment vehicle, more of a lottery ticket. Because like, if you press somebody, like properly and you ask them what's the actual value here it's not the fact that somebody will buy it more expensive oh, man, that, can, that, that's like the name of a ponzi i can do a whole podcast series about it but i'm not going to get into that right now <laughs> no no fair enough but man um i just want to thank you so much for this conversation um i think there's there are a lot of really amazing nuggets in there that for not only for new people uh, or i'm early entrepreneurs or whatever it's just for everybody i mean i, I i'm taking a lot from from this episode so man Thanks a lot for this call. And um, I know you're in Portugal. I'll be seeing you over there, man. I'll come and visit and eat some oranges. Ah, con mucho gusto. <laughs> El placer es mío. Adios, man. Adios. Ciao. Thank you. So as you can see, this conversation was um, out of this world. I loved it. Uh, JP is an amazing person. And Michelle, our community manager in Growth Mentor, gave me an idea of doing a swoop. I had no clue what a swoop is, so I'm going to try to give it a shot so welcome to the swoop. swoop. Okay, so in the swoop, I'm going to try to put together all the things that I'm taking with me uh, after this conversation. The first thing is you need to have an entrepreneurial soul if you want to get into this startup journey. You don't need to be afraid of asking for help. You're never going to have all the answers. So go ahead, make sure, fail safe, and go and ask for help when you need to. Also, when choosing a mentor, don't think your mentor is going to provide you with all of the answers. Uh, the mentor is there sometimes just to compare notes, just to listen to it, just to say, yeah, that's the way you should do it. Um, one of the other things that I really love is when JP mentioned that if it feels easy, it probably doesn't have a big impact. That's something I'm definitely remembering for my own <laughs> future. And the last thing, which the way we close the conversation, was about you're not alone. This journey is not a unique journey. It's unique for each one of you guys, I guess, but there's so many common things that people are going through when they get into the startup world. So you're not alone into this. Don't feel that things that happen to you there are awful just because they're happening at that moment. Try to go and ask for help so you can get a different perspective. Someone else is going to come and say, like, well, I've been through that, so let me tell you my story. So again, uh, this swoop was to sort of summarize all of the things that I learned uh, and I hope that you enjoy the same way that I did so wait let me finish this whoop. okay so I just want to say goodbye and thank you one more time for joining us today uh, don't forget to follow our podcast sign up and subscribe for our YouTube channel as well and don't forget to follow us in every social media that we have with Growth Mentor find us on LinkedIn find me on LinkedIn and let's have a conversation so once again Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Marcus and I will see you next time. Cheers.